you can't do everything at once. And I used to think in days, in weeks and months, and I had to start teaching myself to start thinking in quarters and years and that not everything has to happen in one year. You might be a little bit like me where you want to run before you can walk. So in today's episode, I'm going to guide you through the five steps you should take to create your sales plan for the next year so that you don't wake up on January 1st hungover and not knowing what's going to happen in the new year, but that you have a solid plan in place. And this is what I like to call planning to win. Hello, hello, and welcome to Fail to Win, a show where we love to make mistakes and learn from them so you can turn your passion into profits and live life on your own terms. I'm Amy van der Putten from Fast Forward Amy, your host and coach, and I'll bring you a new episode with simple strategies every Tuesday. You know how at the end of the year, we are so busy. I mean, you're probably currently thinking about, shit, I should have done Black Friday. And you're looking ahead and you're like, ah, holidays are coming up. I need gifts. And oh my God, I'm not eating as healthily as I want to. Then it's getting dark out. And I mean, you might be overwhelmed currently. I am currently in a phase of actually preparing to leave the country for a full month, which is the first time ever I've done that in my business. I don't know exactly how I'm going to go about it yet, but I'm, I'm kind of like wrapping up the plan. And what I really wanted to accomplish is that I wouldn't start the new year like I did last year, namely like roll into the chaos. So maybe you're like me, maybe you're completely different, but Um, I don't have a lot of energy during winter. When it gets dark out, I'm just really impacted. I thrive in the sunshine. Also really happy I'm going to spend winter in Australia where it's actually summer. (laughs) It's going to be so weird, by the way. But um, I noticed last year that in the months of January, February, March, it was really difficult for me to make decisions about my year plan because... I just felt like I don't have the energy and thus not the creativity to to create a really good vision. So I really made this decision, okay, this year I'm going to do it differently. This year I'm going to make my decisions beforehand because the new year isn't magical. My best friend and I always joke, we, we always tend to plan in a bunch of stuff on January. We're like, January is a magical month. We can get so much done. I have decided to treat January like it doesn't exist And it is my goal to wake up on January 1st when I'll actually be in Sydney, uh, which is, I mean, I'll wake up when you're probably celebrating New Year's Eve. Um, In Belgium, we actually say Old Year's Eve because New Year's Eve is actually incorrect. So it's actually New Year's Day. Okay, so (laughs) let's just say January 1st, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to know exactly what's going to happen in my year. And you know what? If I'm going to be honest, that would have freaked me out in the past because... I would have felt like, oh my God, I don't want a fixed structure as an entrepreneur. I want free time and freedom, la la la. But over the years, I've realized that structure actually enables freedom instead of takes away from it. So the way I'm approaching my year and I've had multiple meetings, visions, brainstorm things about this is I have kind of like divided up my year into uh, one big theme for focus. So my theme for uh, the next year is actually maximize. And what I do is per quarter, I plan in my big launches and big things I'm doing from the launches. I mean, I have targets. I didn't have launches planned in. I have passive projects. I have products I want to work on. But what I've had to realize is that you can't do everything at once. And I used to think in days, in weeks and months, and I had to start teaching myself to start thinking in quarters and years and that not everything has to happen in one year. 
you might be a little bit like me where you want to run before you can walk. So in today's episode, I'm going to guide you through the five steps you should take to create your sales plan for the next year so that you don't wake up on January 1st hungover and not knowing what's going to happen in the new year, but that you have a solid plan in place. And this is what I like to call planning to win, because I believe wholeheartedly that when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I know that's not my quote, but I'm just going to keep repeating it. Um, It's one of my dreams, by the way, probably won't happen this year, um, but maybe next year to create a plan to win planner where you can really plan out your year. Um, I will already disclaim that I'm going to start creating that product. It's a planner. Um, should probably look for the trademark before I publish this. <laughs> but trademarks are so expensive. Jesus Christ. Um, I feel like, you know, that feeling where you want to trademark everything, every idea you've ever had, and you also have a bajillion website names that you end up never using every entrepreneur out there. Uh, I should make a meme about that. Let me write that down. A few friends of mine have told me they think that I have ADHD. I might be starting to think they're right with the amount of sidetracks I take, but hey, welcome to my podcast. Um, What was I saying? Trademark the name? Yeah. So I know maybe other people create podcasts and they're super dialed in and clean. It's just not my style. Whenever I'm creating podcasts, I really, I want to talk to you. You might be sitting in the car right now, or you might be walking, you need some extra motivation. Hey, I see you. I feel you. I want to help you get out of the chaos because currently you might even be addicted to the chaos. Let's decide, you and I together, that this year is the last year where you are burned out by the end of the year and that you didn't even think about presence on time and you're doing everything last minute. You're always feeling like you're behind. You know that feeling? We're going to change that. And the way we're going to change that is we're going to force it by creating a plan for next year. So I'm going to walk you through the five steps I believe you should take um, if you want to create a solid plan for the year. And the thing I wanted to disclaim, which I forgot because I started writing something down, is um, I've worked on a sales plan printable. So this is something I'm going to include in my plan to win planner, but that won't be out for a while. So I'm going to gift it to you for free. Um, It's basically a printable that you can printouts obviously for the new year with the 12 months and where I'm going to help you to set a target for each month and each quarter with like a monthly plan so go and grab that through the description it's actually the sales plan printable so fast forward amy.com forward slash sales plan printable up until the point where I create my plan to win planner I'm just going to start testing out some structures for the planner so go and grab the sales plan printable I'll I'll repeat it at the end because I really think it's going to help you map out the new year and it's going to give you so much peace of mind it's going to lower your cortisol and you're going to feel great so five steps Um, step one is actually well you have to analyze so what I see a lot of people do is they're like, I want to create a better year, but oh my God, this year was sucky. And you know, like every year you're like, oh my God, this year was sucky. This year was sucky. We want to change that. But your year probably wasn't sucky. You probably did some things that worked really well, but you kind of have to go and figure out what worked well. So the first step, grab a piece of paper. You're going to go through your year. You're going to go through your revenue, your clients, reviews, all of that. And you're going to look at your shop, your analytics. You're going to analyze which products brought in 
80% of your revenue. So which 20% of things that you did worked best? You can do this for your entire business. You can look at your content, for example, at podcast episodes, which podcast episodes, which 20% of podcasts gave me 80% of the downloads. What is really popping out in my store? Which page was visited much more than other pages? Which clothes sold much more than other clothes? Um, which clients brought me most of my revenue? What type of people are these? Whatever you do, you need to figure out which products actually brought in most of your revenue and most of your amount of sales because it's it's not the same. You can also look at sales as being a type of lead generation. For example, when I'll do a masterclass that performed really well, I did this in the past couple of years. Sometimes I did masterclasses that were fairly cheap. Then like, yeah, they didn't make or break the bank. But then afterwards I realized like, oh, but they did bring in hundreds of clients. And because they paid for a smaller product, they ended up buying more later because they had such an incredible experience. So really start by analyzing the the past year, what went well, what could have gone better and what are the top five conclusions you draw from from this. For an, an example for me could be, that last year I thought people wanted courses because they didn't have time for anything else. And I thought I wanted that so I would spend less time on coaching. But if I looked at my energy and I analyzed that, is that I actually really thrive when I'm working in the core of how I got started, namely coaching. So I thought a year ago that I didn't want to coach and then I tested it out and I was like, oh no, I actually get so much energy from coaching. So I need to include coaching programs. And then um, turned out that I had this one product that didn't bring in a ton of revenue, but that did convert so, so, so well. So now I've decided to turn that evergreen and to make sure that people keep buying from there. So go and analyze. So then you can go through the next steps. And the principle I use there is basically the 80-20 principle. And if I'm not mistaken, actually, I made an episode about the 80-20 principle recently. I'm just going to quickly check that out. Am I dreaming? Or not did I create that episode I can't even remember let me just google uh, not google just go to buzzsprout which is what I use a rewind how to show up uh, opportunity cost explained oh no I recorded something about opportunity cost which went live last week once you're listening to this okay so basically you're gonna apply the 80 20 principle you want to discover um, which 20% of the things you did gave you 80% of your results that's step one Then step two is now you're going to go and set targets for your new year because you might be worried you're going to feel overwhelmed. But the thing is, you will only feel overwhelmed. And um, we say like a chicken without a head in Dutch. Um, You're only going to feel overwhelmed if you don't know what your priorities are. The reason most people are afraid of setting targets is because they have fear of failure or they're afraid to set targets because they're like, I'm already so busy. But you're so, so busy because you're doing too many things at the same time because it's not clear what your main target is. So for example, I have had planned meetings for both of my businesses and also another brand I co-own and everyone always has ideas, right? I work with a ton of people. I have eight people on my fast forward team. I have multiple people in my alpha women team. Then I have the business dad brand and everyone was like, ideas, ideas, ideas. And it's up to me to to give this a spot. And it's actually pretty difficult because I'm fairly multi-passionate. And maybe you recognize that, that you have so many ideas and I see a lot of people struggle with that. So first and foremost, the fact that you have many ideas is a really good sign. It means that your creative brain is working. It means that you are not crumbling under the pressure of entrepreneurship. So breathe that in. It's a really good sign that you have too many ideas. Now, what you need to know is 
Not every idea needs to become a product. Not every idea needs to become a brand or a business. Some things can just stay hobbies and some ideas become content, not necessarily paid products or they just become a part of your brand. Now, how do you make sure you can actually structure all of your products into chronological order of when you're going to work on what? Because, for example, I like to say a new product, if you're in the online education industry, a new product a year would actually be fine if it's about a big product. Um, or if you're... If you have a physical store, for example, obviously you'll have many, many new products and clothes and shoes and all of that. But there, what you could do is you could focus on something new each quarter. So this is what I'm doing in my second business. We are building a structure that is going to stand the test of time in a very cyclical way. But the way we're doing that is we're not assuming that in Q1 we'll do everything. We're like, okay, in Q1 we do the first thing and then in Q2 we add one more. But how do we decide what we will do first and what can wait a quarter. The way we decide is is by first identifying our top three targets. And there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can set your targets. You can be like, I want to make this amount of money. That's fine. I would call that want-based targets. Uh, You could also look at your costs, your budget for the upcoming year. That's what I do for Fast Forward Amy, for example. I look at the budget, I look at the the costs, I look at the projection, and then I combine that with what I want there to be in profit by the end of the year, because I only get paid if there's a profit, basically, in my business, obviously. Uh, And that would be like a cost-based way of setting targets. And then there's also a different way, which is what I've done in the past, where I kind of sometimes miss the ball, is a potential-based way of setting your targets. Like, if this was possible the last couple of years, then I think this is going to be possible. It doesn't really matter which method you're going to use. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make miscalculations. But you won't be able to prioritize all of your different projects if you don't decide what your targets are first. And your targets could be revenue targets. They could be profit targets. They could be margin targets. They could be brand awareness targets. What I like to do is just realize that there are literally hundreds of stats I could be tracking. And I'm I'm big on data. I like to say data over drama. But I just like to look at each brand I own separately and I'm like, okay, so what do we need there? And one target you should always have for me is cash flow. Um, Many businesses don't necessarily go bankrupt because they aren't selling. Many businesses go bankrupt because they don't have actual cash flow. So a lot of accountants, they will focus on um, what it means to have a profit, but you could still be turning a profit accounting wise, but just not have the cash flow. It's because of the gaps in cash, because your clients pay you 60 days later, but you have to pay upfront to your suppliers that you get into cash flow trouble. So I like to look at cash flow as one of my main targets. So for example, one of my brands I own, I have a cash flow target, and then um, I have a brand awareness target or just like a general interest target so for example this could be podcast downloads um, or like monthly downloads or first seven days downloads if the podcast was the main marketing channel which it is for me Um, another example could be for example my instagram because it drives a lot of my sales my following or my views or stuff like that in this instance i chose cash flow second was uh, monthly podcast downloads and average downloads for the first seven days a week per episode. And then the third thing I choose is, for example, my email marketing, like how many um, new leads on my email list I want. 
I use those targets to then go and decide which projects I run. And that also means which products I create or don't create or focus on. So this is the opposite of what most people will do. They're like, I have a wonderful idea. And I'm like, okay, so why? And they're like, yeah, I think this is going to work well. I'm like, okay, so have you looked at your data from the last year to support this? Did it work well last year? Oh no, I'm not going to do what I did last year because yeah, yeah, that didn't work too well. And then I'm like, but are you sure? So like, this is one of the first mistakes people make is they do too many new things at the same time, which will disrupt your business as usual, your BAU. That's why I urge you to start with the analyze step. And I know you're so passionate. You're like, yeah, I want to do new things. But what if you didn't have to do new things and you could repeat what was already working? So I advise you to use step one and step two to set, like to analyze what worked well and to then set a target and have like a baseline target and to have to your first target be your cash flow, taking into account your costs, obviously, so that you'll have a profit. And then you, the first thing you do is you identify the project or product that will support you hitting that cash flow. So you are at a minimum at break even. And then your new stuff could help you closer and closer towards more profit, for example. But just make sure that you, this is what a lot of people do, they'll start focusing on something new that won't even remotely get them to their cash flow target. But without your cash flow, like you don't have a business. So look at the correct products to be selling based on last year's data. From there, create your projects. A project could be the development of that product or reiteration of that product. And on the other hand, the launching of that product. Um, and then, you know, when you have the, the products, you can get the content out. The content is going to get you to clients and the clients are going to get you to cash flow. This is always going to be your priority. And then the next step is obviously you're going to plan it out. Like, Okay, so let's say you're a personal trainer and you're like, yeah, but Amy, I mean, launching or timeline, I mean, I'm always selling. Maybe you don't feel like always selling. Like, let's face it, January is a really great month to sell as a personal trainer. You should go and grab that moment, but maybe then you can plan in some downtime in February. And it's not because you're selling in January that you have to be developing the product or giving the service in January. Like what I like to do is a pre-order, for example. And I'll be like, okay, so you can buy now. And then in two months from now, you'll get it. And because you, you'll only get it in two months, I'm actually going to give you a discount right now. As a personal trainer, as a photographer, so many people in a service-based industry haven't realized that they can actually split the sales period from the delivering period, which is how, especially as a solopreneur, you can free up your calendar. So in my calendar, I'll even split it up chronologically between selling it and delivering it, even with a team, because I just know that focus is so valuable. And if you split your focus, you're basically going to decrease your results. So step one, analyze what worked. We're going to do more of that. Step two, set your targets, be that based on what you think you can hit, what you want to hit, or just based on your costs plus the profit you want or need. Step three is decide what you want to sell next year based on the first step and how much each of your products is going to contribute to your target. And I would recommend you start with a product, obviously, that 80-20 wise is going to get you closest to your goal. Step four is your sales timeline. And I like to work in seasons. In the Fast Forward Amy business, I have a fairly six-month cyclical, cyclical, how do you say that? Cyclical thing. In my other business, it will be more like a three-month thing. Either way, I work in quarters. I'll have a big launch per quarter, a big focus point per quarter, and each year has a theme. And 
because of that and I'll be like okay so Q1 I'm selling that Q2 I'm selling that Q3 I'm selling that that gives me enough time to do lead generation to sell it and to start delivering it and obviously it's not set in stone it's not like March 31st I stop talking about one thing I start talking about something else but I do like to know where the peaks are because that way I can also I can plan that around my life or the other way around, right? Um, so you can do the same thing. And even if you have a web shop or whatever, you're gonna see that this makes sense because you'll also have seasons. So don't take my seasons as the way to go about this, but look at the natural seasons of your business. If you're a personal trainer, you're gonna know that January is a good month and probably like, I don't know, right before summer probably. Um, and then maybe even during summer because people have more time or more energy identify in step one analyze what your good times to sell are what your good products to sell are give them a spot and then in your final step and this is definitely a step people skip but it's gonna it's gonna help you so much to reach your sales targets is you're gonna make sure that you hit them because not only are you gonna figure out how much you need to sell each time you're selling, launching, whatever, you're also going to identify how many leads in order to hit that. So for example, let's say you have a thousand euro course and you know that if you have a hundred people on your wait lists, you can convert 10. That would mean that you have a 10% conversion rate. But what if you told me you don't want to make 10K, but you want to make 100K for from a, um, I'm writing as I'm speaking because I didn't break this example. So let's say you don't want to make 10K, but you want to make 100K in Q1. That would be an amazing goal, right? Making 100,000 euros in one quarter. That would mean you would need 100 people to buy a thousand euro product. Am I? That's correct, right? Yeah, 100 people to buy a thousand euro product. Replace whatever I've said with your own conversion rates, your own numbers. Maybe you're selling a 200 euro product. Same math applies. You just need to know what do you want to sell and how many do you want to sell? So let's continue with a thousand um, euro product. You want a hundred sales. Your conversion rate is 10%. Then that means that if you want a hundred sales, you're going to need 1000 leads. So now you know, okay, if I'm launching then on March first then in february i gotta go and find 1000 people who are interested which lead generation type of event should i host is it a lead magnet like an ebook or is it a challenge or is it a webinar or multiple webinars or an audio series or do i if you have a store or web shop do i host a party where i invite all of my clients what is your conversion rate once you know that you can start calculating your lead gen targets so these are the steps you need. And once you have that, then you can give yourself the freedom to decide what is the theme? How am I going to promote it? What type of videos? What type of extras? But the freedom is going to lie in the add-ons, not in the basic structure. Because if you don't have the basic structure, you're going to see yourself postponing things. You're going to start missing opportunities because you won't stick to the timeline. But you got to stick to the timeline if you want success. So I would urge you to get started with this. I have two really good resources that are going to help you. They're both fairly planner based. The first is a sales plan printable, which I already mentioned. So you can go and grab that through fastforwardamy.com forward slash sales plan printable. And the other one is actually my planner workbook where I have the example of the conversion set up. So maybe it didn't make too much sense to you. So I'm just going to check if I have fastforwardamy.com forward slash planner. No planner works workbook let me figure out what the link is 
planner workbook. I hate when this happens, when I'm like, eh, maybe launch planner? Let me see. I'm just Googling as I'm here. I could pause myself. I'm going to have to pause myself one second. Aha, uh -huh, I found it. It's my launch decision planner. So fastforwardamy.com forward slash launch decision planner. That's really long. Is going to help you figure out what your targets are for your legion and how to calculate your conversions if you're into that. But just take my advice into account. Really, really make sure you do these steps. Analyze because it's going to save you so much time. Targets because it's going to you know, help you to not feel overwhelmed because if you know your priorities, you really can't get overwhelmed. Then identify which products and projects you're going to be running. Then set up your sales timeline at least per quarter, ideally per month for your focus. And then last but not least, make sure you take uh, your lead generation into account because otherwise you're going to miss a ton of opportunities. Good luck. Uh, come and say hi on my Instagram or leave a review here on the podcast if you liked it. I thought this was a really great episode um, and I'd love to hear from you if you liked it as well. See you later. Next week, Tuesday, there's going to be a new episode. Bye.